0: And he scores! Oh, what a play by Travis Konegny! me! bounces to the line, kept in, Keturias, he scores! Can you believe it? Sean Keturias! Welcome to another edition of
1: Flyer Buzz here on Flyers Radio 24-7. Here's Brian Smith and Bill
0: Meltzer. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Flyer Buzz here on Flyers Radio 24-7. I'm Brian Smith, joined with Bill Meltzer as we approach the... Holiday week here for the Flyers. Thanksgiving is coming up uh, not too long from now and the Flyers are headed toward that uh, unofficial uh, milestone in the schedule, if you will. Uh, It's something that's been uh, talked about for years that uh, most of the time the teams that are in a playoff position at Thanksgiving or the teams that are in that playoff position or in a playoff position come the end of the year. That trend has been bucked a couple of times as of uh, these last couple of years, but uh, that's still a a number that a lot of people kind of swear to. So we'll see where the Flyers are at when they get to that point. They are in the process here. We're getting ready to wrap up a long homestand at the Wells Fargo Center, one where they've played pretty well overall, and they've gotten some good results. And, and Bill, last time we talked, the team was, uh, you know, coming off of a, a road trip that was pretty successful and they wanted to keep that going at home They've been able to do that uh, for the most part uh, been uh, had a couple of situations where uh, you know things didn't go quite their way at home but uh, you know it could be said perhaps they deserved a better fate against Florida that's been the one setback in this uh, run so far but uh, you know where's this team for you right now uh, some of the things that have improved coming off that road trip and uh, some of the places they still want to work on
1: yeah I, th- I think start with goaltending um Brian Elliott is in the on the in the best groove he's been in, I think, since December of last year. Um last game, uh you know, gave gave up two. Uh, first one, you know, nothing he could do really too much about it. Was unfortunate, went off its blocker. Second one, you know, the defenseman was uses a screen falling and uh you know, maybe maybe it was a shot that could have been stopped, thir- you know, 35-foot shot, but it's still still a tough one. And, you know, a, a shot through a defenseman's legs using him as a screen isn't isn't an easy chance. I, I think, you know, in the bigger picture, the fl- Brian Elliott's been giving them a chance to win every single game that he's been in of late. And, uh, I mean, that that's huge too. But I think also the team's play in front of him for, for by and large, especially at 5-on-5, five five, has been a lot better as of late. So they're giving him a chance to make saves, and I, and he's making most of them. And even you know, last game aside, where the Flyers didn't play with a lead, um, it was a scoreless first period. But but that game aside, the Flyers have been scoring first. They scored first in each of the six previous to that. Outscored teams nine to two in first periods. You know, get get back on the horse with that tonight. Even you know, even last game, the Flyers defended well in the first period. They just didn't generate a ton of chances, but. Um, you know, but I think I think all in all the Flyers are giving themselves a chance to win every game right now, and that's uh, you know that's that's where it all starts from. And then the other the other thing I would add to that as well is that it's really nice for the Flyers to have two lines that are contributing. You know, the Nolan Patrick line and Oscar Oscar Lindblom and um, Jake Voracek has been on a really nice run, um, going back to the start of that road trip, and they've carried it through into the homestand. They kind of uh, were the line that pushed that. Comeback bid in the third period, and um, Voracek got the one goal, and then that line came close. I think three other times, and one shot hit the post, and you know a couple others just barely missed. Um, so uh, you know, on a given night, if uh, the uh, Sean Couturier line isn't able to produce that night, there's another line that can. And now with James Van Reemsdyke coming back, hopefully you get a you know get a third line that can on any given night carry the load a little bit. And then you look around the league, you know. I mean, it's not a luxury to have three three lines that can contribute. It's almost a necessity in today's game. And, and I think that the Flyers have,
0: uh, to me, one of the, at least up front, one of the deepest lineups they've had in quite some time. Several places to go from from there, but we'll start with Van Riemsdyk, who uh, you know a lot of folks were looking at him to be one of the Flyers' best players this year and before he could really demonstrate whether he was going to be or not. Uh, He went out of the lineup with an injury in the first period of the second game, so the Flyers really haven't had a chance to, I don't think, really even see what they are with James Van Riemsdyk in the lineup, and that chance is going to return now. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about – what he was expected to bring to the team back during training camp, and uh, you know, obviously a, a scoring winger the Flyers have needed for some time, and uh, hopefully boosting the power play as well, which certainly needs a boost. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But um, you know, I feel like the Flyers have almost weathered the storm without him. They went through a bit of a funk there uh, in October. Uh, again, they're. Chemistry might have been a little bit disrupted by losing him, and then uh, I still feel like the way the schedule laid out for the Flyers, with so many two-three day breaks in between games, really kind of prevented this team from getting into a rhythm. Now he's coming back, and uh, you know they're going to maybe go back to some of the things they planned on in camp. Uh, Curious as to what you'll see, what you think we'll see as far as uh, you know. Lines and, and where else he'll fit into the lineup and what he'll bring here uh, when he returns.
1: Well, uh, if you remember back during, during camp, I think the initial thing that they wanted to look at was him playing with uh, Patrick and Voracek. Um, last season, um, Oscar Lindblom and, and Patrick had really good chemistry together as a line And that chemistry, particularly in the last seven games, has been very much evident again. So I think those two are staying together as a pairing. I don't think they're going to touch the second line right now. Flyers want to get a third line going. Um, So I I think initially you'll see him on a line with um, Jordan Wheel and with um, Wayne Simmons um, as well as up on the top power play unit. Now, could you end up seeing a situation where – you know, I mean, Van Riemsdijk is pretty exclusively a left winger, but could could you see an arrangement at times where they might even try him on right wing with, uh, you know, with uh, Couturier and, and Giroux? I mean, it's a look that, that they might want to try. I don't know. I, I think that the plan is to try to get a third line that's scoring. And I'll also add that last year, um, even though we set a career high in goals, um, JVR was pretty much on, on Toronto's third line at five on five. So it's not a... It's not a, a role he's not used to. Um, see if he can get chemistry going with, with Wheel and, uh, you know, with Simmons. And if everybody stays healthy, again, then you maybe have the makings of a, a, a third line that can score. I think that's, that's the plan, at least for right now.
0: And then there's also the contribution to the power play, which, again, right now is not where the Flyers want it to be. It is below 14%. Penalty kill is uh, just at 70%, and that's probably the biggest place that the flyers can improve here moving forward now you know it's i feel important to note that if the flyers even were if they were to turn their special teams around tonight those numbers are going to be slow to creep up if you're looking at that as your evaluation because it's a percentage of the whole season and we're already almost 20 games in here so really the the you know the the impetus here is to improve from this point forward because you can't change the past and and starting with the power play. what does Van Riemsdyk bring to a power play in terms of uh, what he's been able to do in, in Toronto and how that can translate here to Philadelphia? Because when he was here before, uh, you know, younger guy, smaller guy, not really part of that unit as of yet with uh, what the personnel the Flyers had. Now it's a bit of a different story.
1: Yeah, I, I think the number one way that JVR is is matured as a player. Uh, he's become one of the NHL's really premier guys net front. Um, whether it's getting rebounds or deflections or at the side of the net. He's very good at those On those plays at the side of the net. We didn't even have him, you know, that, that's something that uh, since he got hurt early in the second game, didn't even have a chance to look at very much. But, um, you know, the, the Flyers work uh, a lot of plays, you know, like um, from uh, Jake Voracek over to the other side of the ice. And, uh, I mean, typically it's been Wayne Simmons over there, and he's, he's been good at finishing those off. Um, now it'll be, uh, a little bit of an adjustment just in terms of, uh, from going from Simmons and then Nolan Patrick to JVR, just because he's a left-handed shot, but that's, uh, you know, his stick will be right there near the post too. He's not, not leaning across his body to, to, to shoot. Um, I mean, I, I, think, I think that's something to look for is Voracek trying to set him up near the post and he, he's a very good finisher in close and, um, he uses his size a lot better than he did as, as a young player when he only kind of did it sporadically. I mean, I think those are the two areas of his game that he, he's improved significantly. Um, so I think I think the number one thing he can look to bring to the team is that kind of net front play and and, and a big body who's hard to take off the puck.
0: And then on the penalty kill side of things, I don't know how much we'll see him there, but uh, obviously the Flyers want to want to do some changing there. And, and Dave Haxtell has said that uh, you know the, the loss of. Guys like Corbin Knight and Michael Roffle, that's where they hurt. A lot of people would look at those two and say, well, the Flyers have depth. They can recover from that. But uh, it's the less flashy parts of the game where you miss a, a Michael Roffle uh, and uh, a place where Corbin Knight probably was going to contribute uh, quite a bit before his, his injury. Um, what do the Flyers need to do to overcome that and uh, you know to improve here on this PK?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you can break the PK down into, into several components. I mean, the Flyers are a good face-off team. They control that first face off, clear the zone. you know they've done that pretty well for the most part. Um, you know where, where an area where raffles missed is, is that up ice pressure he can he can create some havoc up ice even on even on the pK. Um, Scott Lawton has done that very well this season it actually had uh, you know several shorthanded scoring chances up ice. Um, you know that, that's actually been an area where there's been some improvement on the pK I think this year noticeably. Um, disrupting entries into the zone. The Flyers, um, I thought the Flyers started out really well with that, and then kind of from the Boston game for a little stretch of time there, I I didn't think that was as good. I think uh, even in the last couple games, disrupting the entries have been better again. It's when other teams get set up in the Flyers zone that I think is the, the biggest area that has to improve. Play around the net. Um, there, there's been too much time and space, too many guys left open down low. Um, you know, you, you need sticks and bodies and passing lanes. And when you get that turnover, you know, and, and you have it on your stick, you've got to get it out of the zone. Failed clears will not only prolong your time in the zone, but every time you fa- every time you have an, a clearing opportunity that fails, the odds of a goal go up a lot. And I mean, the flyers have to be at They have execute that better. The shots that have can be blocked, have to be blocked. You know, and I think the goalies have actually, it was particularly late, done a better job at making saves when they can see the puck. But you have to let your goalie have a chance to make the saves, too. Um, you know, like the Ekblad goal the other game, just just too much time and space. I think that uh, that's the number one thing, taking away time and space in their own zone. And when you have an opportunity to clear, clearing it. Those are things that you know, Flyers haven't done nearly consistently enough.
0: And just skipping back to what we opened with, uh, Thanksgiving is around the corner and uh, there's some high percentage of teams that uh, if you're in a playoff spot at U.S. Thanksgiving, uh, they're in a playoff spot at the end of the year. Uh, it hasn't been 100%, but it's been up there. i got to wonder, though, if this is the year where you don't pay a ton of attention to that, especially in the Metropolitan Division where everything is so stacked up right now. Uh, heading into uh, the game on Thursday night. Columbus was in first place at 22 points, and uh, New Jersey in last at 15. Everybody else all crammed in between them, just seven points there. And uh, you know, even with you take a team like the Rangers, horrible start to the season, they've come around now and they're tied for second in the division. Uh, late in the week here, so uh, you got three teams right behind them at 19. It is going to be a dogfight in this division this year, and I, I think uh, you know we, we saw it uh, last year where. Um, the, the Metro got five teams in, uh, and, and in order to make it out of the Atlantic, you had to be top three. Uh, at least the projection right now would be that might turn this year that, that the Flyers might have to be top three in the division in order to to even get into the playoffs. And uh, you know, it's it's been a very uh, interesting watch here as these uh, standings have moved around, as to how close it is there, and uh, you know what's going on in the Atlantic and getting everybody up ahead of them. Yeah, certainly.
1: I, I mean, if you look where the Flyers were at 4-7 and seven when they went out west, you know, Flyers were, were down near the, the basement in the east, have a good trip, went a couple games here. All of a sudden, um, the other day, the Flyers were one point one point out of first, you know, and just a good week or a bad week is going to, you know, you, you could move up or down significantly in, in, in the course of just a couple of games, and I don't think that's going to change for a little while, you know. Um I think you know, like a, a club like Pittsburgh that would usually take off and kind of leave everybody chasing them behind. I mean, they have their own issues, and Washington's kind of sorting things out too. And so I think that I think there's a lot of parity within the division. And um, you know, when you look at the the Atlantic Division, I still think that you have three standout teams in that division, and the rest are are a cut below them. And so you know, you're you are competing. If you don't finish in the top three there, you're competing with some some teams that have you know some strengths, some weaknesses. But I think below, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think Tampa Bay is still the class of the conference. That's even with Andre Vasilevsky injured, you know. That's a and of course Tampa's about to come in. It's gonna be a tough challenge for the Flyers, Vasilevsky or not. Um, but you know, b- between those three teams at the top, with Toronto and Boston being the other two you know beyond that i mean then then it's basically a dogfight for you know i think you're going to see that up and down teams in and out of those um wild card spots so i don't think this ne- this will necessarily be the year when that uh you know that that thanksgiving line you know the, the dotted line that's drawn there is uh you know necessarily going to hold this year but by the same token you know you make things a lot easier for yourself when you pick up points early in the season because Every single year in the second half, the deeper and deeper you go in, every point is a dogfight.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms are uh, plodding along as well here through the month of November, and uh, we're just able to split uh, home uh, home and home. They're both, uh, yeah, both, both in Allentown. Uh, we're able to split, though, a series with the Charlotte Checkers, who are atop the uh, Atlantic Division in the American Hockey League, coming in, Phantoms in doing so. Uh, we're able to uh, kind of maintain pace in a pretty tight race in the Atlantic. They'll head into this upcoming weekend with a record of eight, four, one, and one, eighteen points. Uh, still a couple of games in hand on some of the teams ahead of them. Uh, what's the uh, the skinny out of Lehigh Valley and uh, how things been going there over the past week?
1: A little bit up and down. It, it seems like the Phantoms will have a really solid sixty-minute effort followed by an uneven game, you know, or a down game, and then they'll bounce back the game after that. Um, you know, they, they split two games this past weekend. They looked really good last Friday. Um, actually had a, had a big win. They blew out Springfield and the next game, you know, Charlotte's a good club, but even though the Phantoms led that game at one point, I mean, Charlotte really was the, the better team. Um, last night's game as we're recording this last night's game against Charlotte, the, uh, the, the, rematch, um, Carter Hart, I, I think had one of his two best starts so far this season. That was, that was a big thing for the Phantoms. Um, at one point, Charlotte was leading 21 to eight in shots almost midway through the game. Um, and they were only, but only one, nothing on the scoreboard. Phantoms scored a couple of power play goals, turned things around late in the second period. In the third period, the Phantoms really had a chance to, to put Charlotte away. They had a, uh, a penalty shot that was denied. They had a five-on-three power play opportunity and weren't able to score. And then Charlotte came back pretty late in the last five minutes of regulation and, and sent it to overtime. And then the Phantoms dominated overtime. And That was that was a phenomenal overtime uh, in last night's game. Scoring chances galore. The uh, Phantoms had several odd-man rushes. And then finally, uh, uh, Mikhail Vorobiev won a battle for the puck. He set up um, TJ Brandon, and the Phantoms got a pretty big win. Um, now the Phantoms go on the road this weekend and uh, need to put a little consistency together.
0: Yeah, that'll be a fun trip. We get to go up through the snow, although I think <laughs> it's going to be uh, taken out uh, more or less by the time they hit the road. But uh, it uh, this is not the time of year when you want to be on a bus driving through snow. You know, you got enough <laughs> enough of that in January and February to to, to plot along with. But uh, but yeah, right now the 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 Flyers and the Phantoms are uh, hopefully going to be in a consistent run here. There hasn't been a whole lot of up and down movement between the clubs. Um, you know, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see who's ready to go. But uh, Let's play hypothetical. Somebody on the Flyers goes down, um, you know, that sort of thing. Obviously, everybody looks at the goalies, but out in the skater world, uh, uh, who, who's shown this year that they're ready to contribute? They might, might be the next guy up if uh, if there is an injury at the NHL level.
1: Yeah, I mean, with uh, Nick Obey-Kubel up here right now, um, you know, I, I think it all depends on, on uh, what role, you know, you need a guy to, to come up and play. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of the guys who have been standing out for the Phantoms so far have been have been first-year guys. Um, you know, David Kasha's looked tremendous so far. Uh, Gariman Rubsov has looked really good. I don't think that they're considered quite ready for, for different reasons. I think they'd like to see a little longer body of work with those guys. Um, you know, I, I mean, Mikhail Varobi have made the team I mean, for opening night um, and he's looked pretty good. Uh, looked pretty good last night. You know, the Flyers need need a forward to come up. Um, you know, as long as as long as he's playing with a little bit more pace, a little bit more purpose to his game, and he as he was last night. I mean, you could see Varepy have come back up pretty quickly. And um, you know, I mean, Golborn, Terrell Goldborn was up. He's serving a two-game suspension right now. But if the Flyers are looking for more of a crash and bang type, I mean, uh, you know, he might be a guy who would come up. And then, you know, on the, on the blue line, um, you know, you have, you have the two candidates really. There, there's uh, Phil Myers and there's Mark Friedman are two guys that might be able to come up and, and give the Flyers a few games. Um, I think it would probably take a, a couple of injuries to get to that point just because, uh, you know, Andrew McDonald is still waiting around to get back in the lineup. It's been a while since he's played. He'd be the first guy in uh, on the blue line. But if there's a change needed in the blue line, maybe some point of this year, maybe Phil Myers or, or Friedman possibly could come up.
0: So moving on into the amateur ranks, uh, colleges and juniors. Now Wade Allison was able to finally uh, take the ice, from what I understand, over this past week. What's going on with the uh, Flyers' prospects at that level?
1: Yeah, that's a uh, that was a really heartening development. You know, uh, Wade tore his ACL back in January, and it's been a long road for him to get back in the lineup. First game back, he you know he scored a goal actually. Uh, Scored a goal against a fellow Flyers prospect. Matty Tomek was uh, in goal for Omaha by that by that point of the game when he scored. Um, just as a precaution, it was a back-to-back game, so we sat out the next night. But you'll see Allison getting back in the lineup regularly. Um, you know, on the, on the college level, Wyatt Kalinick of Wisconsin has emerged as one of the best offensive defensemen anywhere in the NCAA. He's a— uh, He's definitely a name to file away. Yeah, he's uh, he's only a sophomore this season, a little bit of an older sophomore, but um, you know he, he's a very creative player with the puck. Very good on the power play. Um, has a heavy shot and, and he distributes the puck well. Uh, his defensive game, which was the probably the weakest area as a freshman, that that's improved as well. So I uh, you know I, I think he, he's an exciting exciting name to watch, um, you know uh, on the college level. Um, a little bit of good news also uh, in terms of Jay O'Brien because Jay has a Jay has a, a well probably a concussion. You know he was he was hit up high. Um, just returned to practice, may not play this weekend, but doesn't seem like he's going to be out long term, which is which is huge. Uh, and and for him to stay healthy, get in the lineup, and get on a roll is something that you know would be a, a very welcome sight. Um, the other F- Flyers first round pick this year, Joel Farabee you know, he's, um, he's settling in. Looks like BU was starting to get their, their feet under them a little bit. And, um, he's coming off a pretty good weekend last weekend. So, you know, it looks like he's getting going. And then, then on the, uh, Canadian junior side, it's the same names we always talk about. It's Morgan Frost and, um, uh, Isaac Ratcliffe. And, um, you know, also, uh, uh, Wyatt Wiley is, is coming on pretty well for the Everett Silver Tips. And, uh, Pretty soon, it'll be time to uh, you know see who makes the World Junior roster for Canada. Still, you know, Frost still has a very good shot at that. I think that uh, I think that Radcliffe has has a decent shot at it as well. Um, I don't think Wiley will make Team USA. Um, it usually goes to the to the USA hockey kids rather than the Americans playing Canadian juniors. But you know, you can even make a case for him as well. So uh, you know, I think you'll see a, a couple flyers in Team Canada. There's some candidates for for Team USA. Didn't even mention Noah Cates of Minnesota Duluth, but he's off to a really solid start in his freshman year. He's got a shot to make it. Uh, Farabee for Team USA, and uh, a couple guys for Sweden, maybe as many as three. So uh, you know, they, when we start getting into the World Juniors, there'll be a lot of Flyers names to look for next month.
0: Wyatt Kalnick, a seventh round pick of the Flyers last year in 2017, and I, I can't really tell here from the, what I'm looking at, but it looks like he might be leading Wisconsin in points. Yes, yes he's leading in that, that, That's yep. crazy. So we'll see where that goes. But, uh, you know, that's it's been something that Ron Hextall has talked about over the years is trying to make sure they get hits in the late rounds. It's not just, uh, you know, you, you used to see seventh. Well, I guess it was more back when the, uh, the draft went in like 12 rounds or something like that. But you'd see... You see teams drafting their buddies' kids and stuff like right. that, just so they could say they were drafted in the NHL. But now it's uh, you know down you know seven rounds is sh- a lot shorter than the draft used to be, um, you know maybe ten fifteen years ago, and, and there is a uh, a need to, to find uh, guys down there.
1: And uh, absolutely, and, and and an area where the Flyers have shown a lot of uh, you know a lot of acumen in, in kids that they've picked. Flyers have, have made some very astute picks from the USHL. Uh, kids on the collegiate track who aren't necessarily the the biggest name guys, you know. The, and I just mentioned Noah Cates, Noah Cates being a really good example. You know, Kalanick being an example. Um, you know, they they in some cases they're a year older, in in, in uh, Kalanick's case uh, two years older. But uh, you know, but they hit the college level and kind of just hit the ground running. You know, with with some of those guys. Um, The Flyers have invested a lot of resources in European scouting, and uh, particularly in Sweden, the Flyers have been doing pretty well. There there are several kids over in the Swedish league. Um, Oli Leksell, who was a late round pick, he's uh, he's pretty much a lock for uh, Team Sweden at the World Juniors this year. Uh, Adam Yining was a second round pick this year, so he's a he's a higher end kid, but uh, you know, but he he's been on every. Age group for the Swedish national team. He he's he's uh, he's a lock to play in the World Juniors this year. And there's a goalie the Flyers drafted this past year, a Swedish kid named Samuel Erson, who's having a. He's actually playing at the minor league level in Sweden, but he's playing against men at uh, 19, and he's he's doing really well. So those are you know those are all later round or non first round kids who are you know who are emerging as prospects, and and you definitely need that in, in the system today. Anytime you, anytime you miss on a kid, particularly within the first Three, four rounds, and he doesn't doesn't play pro level, or you know, or contribute in, in some way or another. It's a missed opportunity because somebody, somebody, somewhere is finding somebody around there.
0: And you know, there was some made out. I know when the draft happened that uh, this is the first draft in the Flyers' history. They didn't pick a Canadian player, so and, you know, they're definitely not passing them up because they're good. But I guess it just goes to show the, the development that the hockey has made here in the United States, especially, and as well it as will as overseas and. Uh, maybe also going over there and finding these kids so you don't have uh, you know you, 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 there's there's no there's no situation like the Stasny brothers when uh, they're trying to sneak out of a country and nobody sees <laughs> right. them and, and and all that everybody knows where everybody is now and uh, it's just a matter of finding them and uh, trying to predict who will develop, yeah,
1: know. absolutely. nobody. nobody's leaving under under cloak right. of night. but uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you know you made the point about the the American kids and and uh, you know, like like Wiley is from Washington State. and uh, Jack St. Ivany, who's having a solid year with with Yale this year. He's a California kid, right? It's not all just Minnesota and New England anymore or and, and some you know the occasional kid from Michigan. they could come from just about anywhere. And, and so you know, scouting the u s and not just USA hockey, these other leagues. You know, that's, uh, that's a become a, a huge source of, uh, of finding players to develop. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think most years you'll see no Canadians drafted. It just worked out that way this year. But, uh, yeah, but certainly it speaks to the way that USA hockey is growing, or hockey in the U.S. has grown, rather. And, uh, you know, Sweden, of course, is the number three source after Canada and USA, and the Flyers have a lot of resources there as well. And just moving forward, uh, also the Flyers have invested a lot in, in – Um, improving their Finnish scouting because it's been a while since the Flyers have found a Finnish kid Um, and I mean now the Flyers have a full time scout in Finland again so I think that that little run is going to come to an end thankfully
0: and maybe perhaps some recruiting help from a guy named Kimo Tiemann. Hey, why not? Absolutely. He' need something to do, you know? So uh, it's Carnival Weekend coming up here. i check in with the alumni side of things. I know we'll see some of them at the Carnival. What else is going on uh, elsewhere with the alumni?
1: Yeah, well, let's start with Kimo. Um, he just had a huge honor last weekend. Um, actually had his jersey retired by the Finnish national team. Um, huge honor um, f- flew back to uh you know flew back to finland a big big ceremony for chemo so congratulations go out to him um the uh, as you said bunch of alumni guys will be at the at the carnival uh, coming up this weekend and actually uh as we as we're speaking today tomorrow the alumni will have a pretty big announcement we'll keep it under wraps just for now but uh, i'll say that uh that every year the the alumni play a, a marquee game or two, and uh, this pertains to that in a uh, pretty well known hockey venue in, in the state, and that's uh, I'll just leave it at that.
0: <laughs> All right, well, well we'll see what happens there, and I, I think there might be also some rumblings of uh, uh, a bushy haired guy coming back to say hi here at some point. So. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> We'll see where that goes, but uh, we're certainly looking forward to that. Well, Bill, thanks a lot for stopping in, and uh, hope we uh, have a th- happy Thanksgiving with you and your family. We'll uh, pick back up with Flyer Buzz after the Thanksgiving holiday and uh, go through a, a big uh, big road month here for the Flyers uh, in the month of December, just four home games over that whole month. So it's going to be uh, uh, important to make some hay there on the road, and we'll uh, you know, continue to chat as that month goes along.
1: Absolutely. I hope everybody has a good holiday, and and you too as well, Brian.
0: All right. Thanks very much for joining us, everyone, in this episode of Flyer Buzz. Once again, the carnival is this weekend. It's Sunday. Uh, and you can get all the information at flyerscarnival.com. Kids tickets are free uh, for the carnival, so come on out and support a great cause as always. And uh, then the Flyers will be uh, headed on the road to take on Buffalo on Wednesday, but back home for the Black Friday game against the New York Rangers on the 23rd of November. That'll be the national broadcast on NBC, the Discover Thanksgiving showdown. So we hope to we'll have you uh, along for all of that, as well as uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Night coming up on November the 27th against the Ottawa Senators. Always a big night. Uh, It goes around the league in this month of November, and the Flyers will take their turn on the 27th. So we'd love to have you out for all those games, any or all of them. You can get tickets anytime at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. Thanks a lot for joining us. We hope you have a, a great holiday coming up in the uh, next week, and we will talk to you soon.
1: The preceding program is an original production of Flyers Radio 24 7. You can find this and other programs available on demand at FlyersRadio247.com.